in Minnesota, and Traylon is relieved. So uh, for you know a guy who was probably very frustrated and very scared yesterday, today a lot of good news for Traylon as. Welcome into the Hot Read Podcast. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, director of published content here at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. We're also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network, and you can follow me on social media at Easton Freeze. I'm joined today not by producer JT yet. He'll be here later in the episode. But first, my pal, Sam Phelan, Titans reporter over at A to Z Sports, gracious enough to join me today live from Minneapolis. Is that where you are in Minnesota? I'm an Egan. Uh, I'm Egan. all I'll get in the practice facility. Yeah. So we're in like the burbs a little bit. Well, it's great. It's great to have you on the show once again. Um, you're like, like I said, you're up in Minnesota covering the Titans and Vikings joint practices. Uh, how are you? Thank you for coming on. And what's it been like up there? Yeah, I'm good, man. It's been, uh, it's been hectic. It's busy out here with the, uh, Titans are not giving us a shortage of content or things to talk about or things to monitor. And as joint practices typically go, you've got, you know, defense on one field, offense on another, and your head on a swivel as you're trying (laughs) to keep up with everybody here. So, yeah, just trying to uh, work at the pace that the practice uh, commands each day and, uh, you know, stay on top of all the good info. We're going to get into all of the uh, bits and pieces from joint practice the past two days with Sam here in just a second. And uh, before we do that, just to let those of you that are joining us live know, if you wouldn't mind heading on over to Broadway Sports Media's YouTube page, find this live stream there, and that's where you can be a part of the conversation. If you have any questions for Sam or I, but probably Sam today, since he's been there the past two days and has seen with his own two eyes what has been going down up in Minnesota. Um, Appreciate D. Good already being in the comments saying, Sam, you are in fact an upgrade over JT. That's a take. (laughs) I'll have to let JT know. Um, but let's start with what was probably the biggest headline from the past two days. Traylon Burks going down with what looked like a scary injury at first. Turns out, according to Mike Vrabel, one of, if not the best case scenario in terms of uh, him coming up with that LCL strain, which is going to keep him out for a couple of weeks, but not going to be a long term deal. No structural damage there um, in the grand scheme of things. Seemingly dodged a bullet. I'd imagine you saw this play live. And what did you think when it happened? Yeah, it was right close to me. I was with the Titans offense yesterday and, you know, watching a frustrating period get even worse when, you know, the one good play the Titans break out in the 11 on 11 is a deep ball to Burks that he then goes down with an injury. He was clearly very upset and frustrated and, you know, took his helmet off and disgust got on the card, had both hands on his head, and he was just like, "Uh uh-oh. Like, I've seen this song and dance, you know, way too often. You know, I know how this goes here. (laughs) DeAndre Hopkins, Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill all go over to console him with GM Rand Carthon. And then he's carted off, kind of holding behind his left calf, left leg area. Uh, So not too worried about the ACL or MCL, but then, yeah, it comes out from Ian Rappaport late yesterday that it is, in fact, an LCL sprain. And you mentioned it, Easton. Mike Vrabel said after practice today, best case scenario, Traylon is still in Minnesota and Traylon is relieved. So uh, for, you know, a guy who was probably very frustrated and very scared yesterday, today, a lot of good news for Traylon as you know, maybe back on the field by week one or shortly thereafter, which is what the Titans need and what Titans fans want to hear. 
And imagine that's a pretty scary situation for an athlete, especially when you've worked your butt off all off season. I mean, I, I, I described earlier today on, on Twitter, avoiding injuries this time of year feels like trying to navigate a, a, a minefield blindly. Like, it, you know, it's inevitable and it's, it's just sucks to see these guys get so close to the regular season and go down. So it's always good news when they come up um, with, with something less severe than it looked like. I also think this is another anecdotal proof of something that I think was started on a show that I really love the, the ringer fantasy football show. They talk all the time from a fantasy fantasy perspective that it, it seems like when players go down and an injury looks horrible, it's not that bad, but when it looks like nothing, they're done for the year. And it, uh, that yesterday gave me glimpses of, of uh, Derek Henry, running the rest of that game in Indianapolis with a broken foot and being like, maybe he like tweaked his foot the next morning. He's done for the year. Yesterday, it looks like Traylon is done. Like it's over. It turns out he's just going to miss a couple of weeks. So certainly a good thing. You mentioned that the entire period was a frustrating one for the, for the Tennessee Titans offense. So two questions. One, did that get any better today? And two, was there anything in particular? Was it the offensive line? Was it the skill position players? Was it the quarterbacks? Was it the the wind and the the not ideal passing conditions they had out there? What was it yesterday that was going so poorly for them? Well, yesterday it was specifically I thought the starting offense, like the ones with Ryan Tannehill, had a tough day. Um, and it got better as practice went on. But yeah, I think a lot of it had to do with the wind. I, like it was mm -hmm. twenty five mile an hour winds pushing you know maybe even 30 at one point it was very difficult conditions to throw the ball so in one-on-ones uh i want to say over 60 percent of the reps paul kaharski had the the exact number but over 60 percent of the one-on-one -on -one reps for the titans offense resulted in incomplete passes so mm -hmm. you know it, for a drill that's supposed to be won by the offense with an entire football field to work they weren't really getting it done, and a lot of that was the wind and you know certain factors there. I thought Malik Willis looked very good yesterday, while Ryan Tannehill and the ones did not. Uh, and then an arm like his, I'd imagine, can cut through the wind a hair better. He's got that kind of. Well, that's what he said. I power, asked him afterwards, right? and he was just like, oh, "I just, I throw it harder. I've got the wind <laughs> in my face. I just throw the ball harder." I was sure. like, "Okay, fair enough." Yeah. Uh, Today, I thought it was a lot better. Uh, okay. Execution was better. They scored on 28 of 40 plays, running one-on-ones and 2v2s in the red zone uh, that ended up going for touchdowns. Uh, just things better timed out. Their offense moved the ball pretty efficiently during some of the uh, like the full drills and not as many big plays. But overall, I just thought the the accuracy from the quarterbacks was better and the offense was moving around a lot better. It's funny, yesterday, after a lot of the Titans' reports uh, from location, we're talking about how it was a pretty rough day for the Titans' offense, at least. And then you saw a number of Minnesota beat writers saying the same thing. And I wondered, and I saw a number of people online talking about this, like, it's, it's, very, it's, it's just humorous how both sides feel like they had a bad day and the other bested them. You, you know, you hear that the sign of a good compromise is both parties hmm. leaving dissatisfied. I wonder if that's kind of what happened. Was it a defensive day yesterday? Both sides 
defensively yeah. just ha- had their way with the offenses. That's how I felt about yesterday, that it was the defenses on both sides of the field won. And so you were left with a lot of people who watched their offense being like, yeah, not a great day for my offense today. Sure. I don't like how we looked up. But I think a lot of that was conditions. Like I mentioned, you know, Kirk Cousins is thrown in the same wind that Ryan Tannehill and company are. So, yeah, I felt like it was a uh, tough conditions and a tough offensive day all around, which probably left both Vikings fans and Titans fans a little bit dissatisfied with how their team looked uh, for at least the uh, greater portion of practice. I'm going to ask you about Will Levis here in just a moment. Um, Before I do, those of you that are with us live, if you are with us on Twitter or on Facebook, thank you. But if you wouldn't mind going on over to the YouTube page, Broadway Sports Media on YouTube, joining the live stream there and in the comments, that is where you can be a part of the conversation for any questions that you may have for Sam before he gets on out of here. Now, Sam, we saw at the end of what we didn't see, actually, we heard at the end of practice today, Will Levis goes inside early with the trainers. Mike Vrabel mentions it in his availability with you guys. Did you see anything? Uh, it sounds like Karski pestered PR enough to get an answer as to the general area of the injury. He's got some sort of lower body concern and his status for Saturday's game is TBD. What do you know about this or is that the extent of our knowledge? Well, my knowledge of it was that Will Levis did not get on the field during the last period of practice, which was a two minute drill in which okay. every quarterback was getting on the field. And so right. I, you know, I ref- Asked Mike Vrabel after practice, hey, Mike, uh, Will hasn't been getting in at the end of practice because he didn't get in at Wednesday afternoon either. Oh, interesting. You know, what, what's kind of going into him not getting as many opportunities? And he responded by saying that he's gotten all the same reps that Malik has and, you know, didn't get in yesterday, but that the plan was for him to get in for the two-minute drill today, but he was taken inside early and that they would monitor him for the game on Saturday. So, yeah, you mentioned Paul Kaharski came out with the report that it was a lower body injury, something to do with his legs, I guess, is what we know so far. No idea the severity, no idea, you know, when it happened or what it happened on. Most of Titans media, we were kind of in the dark on it until mm-hmm. Mike Vrabel brought it up in the press conference. So I guess we just wait now for information about Will Levis on Saturday and whether or not he can play in the preseason game. So do we still have no idea why he wasn't getting in at the end of practice yesterday? I think it was a time thing yesterday, to be honest. Like they kind of got a little, uh, I don't know. He's been working with the threes and and what you've seen them doing a lot of is Tannehill, then Malik, then back to Tannehill and then Will Levis or, you know, with the third team at the end. So they do this ABAC sort of, uh, you know, scheme here. And yeah, I think they just ran out of time yesterday and they were trying to get him in today, but he went inside early. Looking at the defensive side of the ball, the first guy I have to, to mention is Tier Tart. Heard he got into a little bit of a scuffle today. Um, what what happened there exactly? What, was there was it just a heated emotions? What, what's going on? Well, Chippy, obviously, you're sure. finally seeing another team uh, that's not your own and another jersey on the other side for these some of these starters that don't play in the preseason. So. Yeah, things got a little chippy. There was a play blown up uh, by the Titans defense and and some back and forth going on. And, you know, I was on the other field at the time. But from what I've heard, uh, there was some a confrontation that resulted in Tier Tart throwing a punch, mm. uh, which kind of set off a little bit of a scuffle. And TR did not or Tier did not continue with practice. He was uh, back inside getting some some weightlifting in and some training in. So. 
uh, talked to Jeffrey Simmons about it afterwards. And he said, yeah, I haven't talked to Tier yet, but I'm gonna. He knows our standard. He knows what we do. We know where the line is. He was over the line. So, yeah, it, it goes into that. Keep your intensity. Keep your emotion. Don't do dumb stuff to hurt the team. Speaking of Jeffrey Simmons, we've heard from a number of Vikings beat writers that he's been a problem up there in Minnesota. And for folks that follow the Titans, they know that that is really the status yeah. quo New, with Jeffrey flash. Simmons. Jeffrey Simmons is good at football. Good he player can... is still good at football. Yeah. Um, but but he and the defensive line, it sounds like both days had a really, really nice time. I, I also heard that he was uh, chirping back and forth all day with uh, Justin Jefferson. Uh, what what was it like watching uh, Jeffrey Simmons go up against an offensive line that wasn't the Titans for the first time this yeah, year? It, it, a day at the office. I mean, that's big Jeff. Right. He's, yeah. he's talking trash to the Titans offensive line every day in practice. Two plays in, you hear him yelling about how easy it is that he just got a sack <laughs> on Ryan Tannehill. So, like, that's Jeff. Yeah. Jeff goes out there and he's an emotional player. He was talking to me about it after practice as well. Like Mike Vrabel lets him be himself and play with emotion. He says, I'm a big boy too. Like I, I'm, I'm, I know where the line is. I'm an adult and I know how to go up until the line without crossing the line. So that was just Jeff being Jeff. He very, very competitive guy, very excited to be out there facing another team and, uh, you know, talking his smack as usual. And Justin Jefferson gave it right back to him and, like you said, the Titans defensive line bottled up pretty much everything in the run game over the last two days. Kirk Cousins talked earlier this morning about it and said they can tell why they're the number one rushing defense. So good day for the Titans offensive line, both yesterday and today. They gave the Vikings a lot of problems uh, up front. Elsewhere on the defense, Monty Rice, not one of the players out there today. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about his status with the team. You know, we, we, we saw in the first preseason game in Chicago, did not get many. I think he played 6% of the snaps. Um, I don't believe he was out there with us on Monday. Yeah, no, nothing since the Chicago game. For so he's not been, he wasn't out there either day in Minnesota either. No, he's been inside. He's with the team working inside. Uh, we've kind of seen, seen him moving around in there, but yeah, okay. he has not been outside practicing at all. I know we didn't ask on Monday. Has anyone asked about him to, to Vrabel or are we just he doesn't talk that? about it okay, yeah <laughs> sure yeah yeah but do are we assuming that's what it is that it's an it's an injury I, would, I would imagine so I'd imagine he's working through something from the Chicago game um you know obviously not too serious if he's making the trip uh right. but you know they they'd like to have him out there for sure I mean he's competing for a job right now and trying to you know figure out where exactly he fits in their defensive plans or in their roster uh and you know see where his role is Christian Fulton is a guy that has been impressing all of us since the beginning of camp. Really it's, it's been contract year Christian Fulton pretty consistently. And it sounds like that didn't stop up in Minnesota. What did you see from him this week? He did it again today. I mean, like Justin Jefferson's going to get his, there's going to be some plays every once in a while that, you know, he gets free and makes a play, but for the most part, it, <laughs> let's put it this way. It was quiet. Like you've got all these Vikings fans dialed in on the offense, ready to erupt. And they cheer every time there's a, a completion. And it was a pretty <laughs> quiet day over okay. at the, uh, over in Egan. So not too many big plays for the Vikings offense. Christian Fulton had a crazy one handed interception in the back of the end zone. Uh, 
got both feet down. He wants it to go viral. Was really proud. We of We actually got video of that online team. because we're not at Titans camp. How about that? And yeah, that we got video of it. Yeah. Uh, so that was very fun. Uh, yeah, and he, I mean, this is what he prides himself on: is is playing really well against the best in the league. And I think he, you know, held his own and did very well against Justin Jefferson this week. So kind of affirmation of all his offseason work, kind of, you know, the affirmation for media who have watched him in Titans practice, kind of looking like he was excelling, seeing him go against the game's best and hold his own. Christian Fulton is improved and healthy, and uh, I think Titans fans should be excited to watch what he does this year. Elsewhere in the secondary, uh, was there anything to note just in terms of how they fared against a, a pretty good receiving core in in, in Minnesota? Um, were, were you happy with or pleased by, you know, how they fared against those receivers? Yeah, I mean, they had a couple interceptions yesterday, two-minute drill. They Vikings ran four plays and turned the ball over twice in two interceptions, one by Roger McCreary, who kind of undercut a route on K.J. Osborne and picked off Kirk Cousins. You had a ball batted in the air that was intercept, intercepted by Rashad Weaver. So they've been all around the football overall, like I said, taking advantage of probably some poor conditions uh, with uh, the wind yesterday. Sure, uh, But I think the secondary was really, really happy with how they did. Arden Key had some choice words for how he felt like the secondary did against the, the Vikings, which involved a couple expletives and uh, a dominant day for the Titans, if you ask Arden Key. So, yeah. Uh, That's shocking. I had, yeah. So that, surprised that Arden very out of character that Arden was it, yeah. pumped up about a good day of, by the defense. But yeah, Roger made a play, uh, you know, Christian Fulton, obviously making plays. And like you said, Easton, it's about as good of a, a wide receiver room as you can get with like TJ Hawkinson out there as well. And mm -hmm. Kirk Cousins throwing the ball. So it, it's a very good litmus test for uh, Tennessee. Flipping back to the offensive side of the ball, let's talk about the group that I think has most people most concerned going into this season. The offensive line finally maybe getting a reprieve from facing the, the Titans defensive line, which I'd imagine is going to be one of the better units in the league this year. It still sounds like they had their ups and downs. What did you see from the offensive line against Minnesota's front? Yeah, I mean, today there were some struggles today. I thought Ryan Tannehill was a lot better today than yesterday, like I said, but I thought the protection was not great. Daniil Hunter was in the backfield a lot. Uh, so Good player. Yeah, good player, but he beat Andre Dillard a few times and got after Ryan Tannehill. Uh, really with the offensive line, Easton, I, I'm really worried about the depth here. I'm really worried about the second. What depth? The, the yeah, second. I mean... I mean, they were bad today again. Like, they've struggled again. Malik's running for his life, and they've tried some different combinations to see what the best best group is there. But this second-team O-line has just not shown anything to give you, like, confidence that there's depth on this roster behind the starting five. So we heard Titans coaches this past week talking very highly of the starting offensive line and the drive they put together with Malik Willis under center to kick off the game in Chicago. But even if that group is sound, they need more behind them. And right now I just, I don't see where it is. Yeah. Um, I, this, this might be overdoing it, but I, I've started to think in the past couple of days, would the Titans be in the NFL? typically losing your starting quarterback is a death sentence. But part of me wonders if they need their offensive line starters to stay healthy just as much as they need their quarterback to stay healthy this year because of how dreadful things could become 
if you were to lose one of the, because I'm, I'm not saying the five starters are going to be incredible that we, they may very well be bad. Um, but we know what it looks like behind them and behind them is hell. Do, do you think that this team is most dependent on their offensive line this year? Cause I kind of think they may be. Yeah. I mean, I think there's some merit to that idea. Like Ryan Tannehill, even healthy last year was fairly limited in what he was able to do. And, a big portion of that was the wide receivers he had and the protection that he had. Like as, as much flack as Todd Downing gets from Titans fans and rightfully so in a lot of areas, there was very limited things. Todd Downing was able to actually, he was not cooking in a five-star kitchen. Yeah. Like what can actually be executed effectively? And what does that do to a play callers playbook when you got to scratch half of it because you don't have the protection to actually, you know, let some of the concepts develop. That was a real factor for the Titans last year. That was pretty much their Achilles heel down the stretch in a lot of ways, killing drives with sacks, killing drives with penalties, etc. So yeah, I think there's a lot of merit to that. Like this new group is your new group and you can feel fine and dandy about it, but it doesn't matter if they're not on the field. And Logan brings up a fair point that pretty much every NFL team has real concern. I mean, the offensive line position as a whole is one of, if not the thinnest positions in the league. But I think that there there are scales to this. You know, like I think the the, the Eagles are much less concerned about losing an offensive lineman or two than the Titans are. And so while all teams need their offensive linemen to stay healthy, I think the Titans in particular may um, really struggle without them. Kenneth providing the perfect segue here asking what the wide receiver rotation looked like with Burks out. Has there been an uptick in player usage such as Chig? What did it look like um, today without him? And did you see just in general over the two days, did you see any standout performances from any of the guys that aren't named uh, Traylon Burks or DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, today we had a lot of, it was actually kind of interesting. Kyle Phillips used less in the slot today, used a little bit more outside today, accompanied with, DeAndre Hopkins and Nick Westbrook Akine and Hopkins kind of shifted inside some outside some Phillips in motion. Uh, I won't say too much about schematics here, but you know, the type to say, were, be careful. No, but I mean, Kyle Phillips, NWI yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, that was the main group. And then Chig uh, had a big, big catch for the Titans in one of the two minute periods, throwing to the goal line with four seconds to go. Ryan mm-hmm. Tannehill found Chig in the end zone. So, um, Kind of as predicted, I I did find it interesting to see NWI more involved with the first team than Chris Moore. That was kind of a battle that I don't think they've had to make a decision on yet. But I've been reliably informed NWI may may not make this roster, which is kind of tangential. But I I wanted to get your take on what I think is a ridiculous idea. I've said he's a lock. I think NWI has been a lock, is even more of a lock's lock now that uh, Traylon may or may not be on the roster for week one. But yeah, they uh, had him out there a lot with Ryan Tannehill uh, in this first group. So I think you might see a little bit more of that. And, you know, that probably speaks to Nick's experience in the offense and his reliability of being where he needs to be. And, uh, you know, there's value in that when you don't have uh, a ton of depth at the position. Let's finish off here with the tight ends and the running backs. And there may not be much to report, but I, I wanted to touch on every position group. Besides Chigakonkwo, who we, we know what the standard is with him, and it sounds like he made a couple of plays this weekend. And besides Derrick Henry, another guy that we don't really need to see anything out of this time of year, what did we see from guys like Tajay Spears, um, Julius Chestnut? Did, did we see any of the new running back, um, Jacques, Jacques, what's his name? Jacques. Patrick. 
so Jacques Patrick. Did we see yeah. any of him? And and then on the tight end front, the the mess that is everybody behind trailing or behind Chigakonkwo. Did anybody differentiate themselves? Josh Wiley's been good. Josh Wiley has bounced back very nicely from uh, an underwhelming performance in Chicago. He's no doubt. You know, I don't know if he's running smooth all the time, but he's been making plays. Like he's been getting open, and in especially in these live two minute periods, both with uh, Malik Willis and with Ryan Tannehill, Josh Wiley's been catching the football and has been around the ball. So yeah, that's been very encouraging to see somebody who I think was the perceived tight end two coming into training camp uh, and has been a little bit underwhelming, especially in the preseason opener in Chicago to have a bit of a, a bounce back from him. Uh, I continue to be impressed with Reggie Roberson as well. Uh, I think he's a, yep. you know, a, a playmaker that has some wide receiver value, which will be intriguing to see how that plays out into the Titans rotation here. No Colton Dowell today. He was out with an injury. So, you know, what can Reggie do to maybe make a case for himself on the 53? I think it's a big deal, by the way, that Dowell is out. I mean, I, I feel like this was a pretty decent opportunity for him with with Burks down. To, I mean, well, uh, yeah, he went, he left early yesterday. Nothing from him today. We'll see if he's available Saturday. I think he needs and, uh, to be. You know, Tajay Spears, I think, is there wasn't much in the running game, so Spears was a little bit limited there, but and that was pretty consistent for most of the running backs. A guy who I think excelled today specifically that I'm very high on is Julius Chestnut uh, mm. as a, a a guy who pretty shifty today, ran some one-on-ones really well, got open on some routes, made some some dudes look silly on, on Minnesota. So Julius Chestnut is a guy to watch, I think, uh, especially with still no Hassan Haskins, who hasn't been at practice at all this week or since the Chicago game, no sign of him. And then with Jonathan Ward going down in Chicago as well, Chestnut has an opportunity. I think he's taken advantage of that. Well, Sam, it's been fantastic having our, our firsthand source on the joint practices up in Minnesota joining us, and we appreciate every time you join the show. Tell the people where they need to find your work. Obviously, A to Z sports, writing a lot this time of year. What are we working on right now? Well, we're, uh, yeah, a lot of writing for A to Z sports. We're, we're talking all the, uh, everything you need to know from joint practices, basically injury situations and my notes from practice players. I felt like have, have stood out, including a quarterback that I think yesterday was the best quarterback on the field. Uh, maybe hmm. surprise some people. So some stuff to, uh, to look out for a to Z sports, my Twitter's Sam underscore Phelan. Uh, so yeah, going to keep grinding away with the updates throughout camp and, and preseason action here. Awesome, man. Looking forward to seeing you back in Nashville. Appreciate you joining us. Hey, thanks, Easton. Hello, JT. Hello. How are you? I'm great. All right, we are uh, we are done with Sam, who is fantastic today. Appreciate him joining us. JT joining me, coming fresh off the heels of his own podcast, The Profit Podcast, which we continue to plug on this show because we like when our friends succeed. And boy, oh boy, have we been making waves over at The Profit Podcast talking fantasy. It, we have, and I will just say that today might have been the most mind-boggling, mind-exploding, craziest reaction I've ever gotten on a podcast in my life today. There there were some hot takes oh. over on the Profit Podcast today as I get off the heels of it right now. Um, oh, no. <laughs> people want Sam back. They want you to leave. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I so and I, I know we're going to get to this in a second, okay. uh, like to D good's point, like today has just been a 
bash JT day on over on twitter.com from, from a football show, uh, getting some, catching a few strays oh, we're getting all into that. Don't um, worry about it. Don't to, you worry about that. To kind of me blowing up on TikTok yesterday, which was, it, it was fun. It was cool. I guess uh, I think it's up to like, <laughs> I think it's like 800,000 views now on, uh, on TikTok. So that's a lot of, views, a lot of views telling me that I don't know hey. anything about fantasy. Cause I've never heard of a vampire league. Which One of those comments was me. I said, that I, and well. I said, I, and I, and I said it. File. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, hey, all press is good press though. You know, that's what all I'm saying. So press. it's all good, but I'm here now off. The, like you said, off the heels, ready to, uh, kind of pick up where sam left off yeah here in nashville though so yeah here in nashville and we are going to spend the back half of today's show we're going to talk a, a moment uh here about the titans vikings preseason game we get all caught up in this joint practice fiasco and realize there's an actual game to be played on saturday between these two teams up in minneapolis and we'll talk about that previewing some matchups that we find fascinating what we're looking for what we think is important and what we don't think is important. And then we'll spend the last couple minutes of the show quizzing old producer JT on some idioms that are based. I'm making this harder than I should, but for the fun of the game, um, I've got 12 idioms here that are traditionally Southern phrases that I've grown up hearing my whole life. But I'm curious if JT is familiar with them. We're going to talk about that. If you don't know what the heck we're talking about, we'll explain all of that in a moment. Um, but for now, we'll continue talking football and pretend we are still a serious show for just a second as we discuss the Titans and Vikings preseason game coming up. And by the way, before we dive into this, those of you that are with us live, appreciate you being here. Do me a favor. Head on over to Broadway Sports Media's YouTube page if you are not there and check out the live show on that platform. That's where you can join the comments like Logan and D-Good and Kenneth and become a part of the conversation. What? Are you looking forward to in this preseason game? Let us know in the comments. We love to have that discourse with you now. But JT, a couple of things, and I was uh, filling in for our buddy Zach Lyons on a football show earlier today. So I'm already prepped and primed and have spoken far too many words today, but here we are. I, I, I have a couple of things in this preseason game that I'm looking forward to, one of which was seeing more of Malik Willis and Will Levis. Sounds like we may be getting a full Malik show now um, concerning there on the injury front for Will Levis, of which we really have no idea what the deal is, but his status for Saturday is TBD. So going to put that conversation to the side because it may all be null and void come Saturday if it's Malik Willis all day long or they go and find somebody just to fill in while while they you know just need a camp body while Will Levis is recovering. So quarterbacks to the side. What, I have a couple of answers to this question, but I, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Is there a position group or a player in particular that you're going to have your eyes on Saturday night in the preseason game? Um, kind of coming off the coattails of um, Sam there, Josh Wiley. How does he back? How does he bounce back sure. in, in his second ever NFL game? I think that's really important. Um, I think if, that if there's another answer I could pro probably give, I'd say how much more time does this offensive line get? Um, and do we see them continue to look like they did, especially against through these two practices that we've seen a very better defense than the Chicago bears. Like sure. there's just better personnel, like I think it's top in to between bottom. the Titans defense and the bears defense. Yeah, it's, it's but more like, average com uh, uh, comparison or I, I, I still think rather. it is. I still think it is a step up from the Chicago. Oh, it absolutely um, is. Yeah. Uh, definitely the competition that they played there. However, 
do they get kind of going? Do they keep on track? And then also MPF like did not look good. And if he's coming back to be the starter um, week seven, like, do we show see something him kind man. of show, show something. something exactly show compete. something. So those are, compete. those are kind of my three. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I have more questions than answers on this front. I said, I had some answers really. It's, it's the questions that I have. One of which is, and this is, I'm going to put this up in the air. Like I, I don't really know, but I think it's worth mentioning and thinking about. Are we going to see more of Ty J Spears? I think last week we, I mean, and this was before that game, but for, for the masses, we all in unison said, yes, Ty J Spears, you are the guy to be running back to for this team. And he showed why he has earned that title, has earned that role. That being said, he's a young player. He's new to this offense. He's new to the league. Do you think it benefits him to, to give him any run this week? And if so, how much? I, I kind of think you maybe do something similar to what you did in week one, but I wouldn't have him out there for much more than that. And it's tough, right? Like, I think maybe they bring in, um, and we I've talked about this all week kind of on Twitter, like they bring in Jock Patricks, like just to kind of be that body this week because... What is he? I don't, that's my one of my biggest questions on the roster. What's the and, point and of bringing him in? Because, I mean, I, if I, correct me if I'm wrong, but we did not see any Hassan Haskins today. We did not see any Jonathan Ward today. Right, and maybe that's um, what it is. He's just a body. Maybe. And he might be a body because obviously you're not playing Derrick Henry in this game. Sure. Obviously you don't, you already had one of your run old chestnut into the ground. (laughs) (laughs) You you, you have another budding star and maybe Ty J Spears. You don't want to see him kind of go down and lose even more versatility on that offense. And that just kind of leaves Julius chestnut. And I don't think they want to run him into the ground. So like maybe you see, maybe you see like three, maybe four drives from Ty J Spears. You see the rest of the quarter, um, maybe quarter and a half from Julius Chestnut, and then kind of that back end of like the third quarter, fourth is the Jacques Patrick show. So like, I think that's probably, right. it, it's interesting. I just thought, I think the biggest question that we had about that is because they signed him to a two-year deal, which I've learned more and more is right. kind of like, is kind of like he didn't have enough service time or whatever. And it's just kind of like a oh, weird, a kind, thing? it's kind of a technicality thing. I just thought right. it was weird to kind of like, pointed out and that's kind of what i've learned this week either way like it is interesting that they did bring him in um and i think more and more i think um he is kind of just a body on this team as of now one of the things that i'm also fascinated to see in this game and i hadn't thought about this really at all until my buddy our buddy Braden gall brought it up on a football show earlier today and i have to go back and look I don't think we saw any Harold Landry in the first preseason game, but do you consider getting him out there at all in the preseason? And the question is fair because on the surface, and we agreed on this on the, on the surface, it sounds like a terrible idea. It seems like the worst idea to get him out there at all. He's coming back from an ACL injury. He is a star player that is being paid an exorbitant amount of money. So, so, you know, just chill with that. We, he's a good player. We're, we're good. But on the other hand, Outside of, and we agreed that pretty much the only exception we could think of was Adrian Peterson coming off an ACL and immediately rushing for 2,000 yards back in the day. Pretty much every player that sustains an ACL injury comes back and has at least a couple of weeks, if not like a month or so, where you can tell they just don't look themselves. They don't trust their knee. Um, 
maybe it's just a men. It's usually I'd imagine it's pretty much always just a mental thing. They're just trying to regain that that trust in themselves and trust in the the workload on in the bend, especially at that position. We know that with edge players, maybe the worst position on the field to have to come back from an ACL injury because of the, the torque and the torsion required on that joint. But y- y- you see these guys kind of shake the rust off to start. And that feels like a necessary due that has to be paid whenever you come back from these injuries. And so I think there may be a fair argument to be made that like start shaking some of that rust off. Now I'm not saying put him in the game a ton. I'm not, I'm not saying give him even more than a series or two, but I don't think it's in the timing is important here, right? Because this is not a guy that is coming off of a mid or late season ACL injury. This is a guy that is already over 12 months removed from his ACL surgery. And it, it sounds like, and it looks like at practice, he looks like he's, he's back, right? We saw Bud Dupree was on late or early December ACL tear before he was signed by the Titans. And then he didn't really look himself until you got to early December. It's kind of that one year mark. It feels like anecdotally, and I'm sure there's sports science behind this that I should probably go read and educate myself further, but it feels anecdotally like it's about, we saw the same with Taylor Lewan, right? By the end of that, that last season, uh, not last season, but the season before, by the end of that season, it was both he and Bud Dupree coming off the ACLs that started to finally look themselves. With Harold Landry, I feel like he's at the place already a full year removed where you could comfortably put him out there just to shake some of that rust off. Am I crazy for thinking this? No, I like I, I see your point. Personally, I wouldn't give him more than like a series, maybe. Like yeah. I, I like and if if they do, like I wouldn't be surprised if we if we see him out there this week. I don't think we will, but like I think you probably give him the third game, I think, back at home. Um, probably is the best uh, case scenario for him. Give him a couple um, kind of just as a primer right before the first week. Because as you said, like, I think I truly am kind of with you. We did have our questions towards the the beginning of the off season. Like how is Harold Landry going to look? But like, like you said, like we're coming up on like 12 and a half, 13 months before he plays like an actual NFL football game. I think he's almost back to um, his normal self. Not, not, not necessarily saying that he shouldn't get in some of these games. Like it probably would do him good, but I don't think it's necessary. All right. Uh, do you have anything else on previewing this game? I hate previewing preseason games. Like we'll spend full hours in the season previewing games where when they matter and we there's like starters to play. But really, I can't I can't muster more than about ten minutes. I did. I did. I if I don't know if you talked about it with Sam, but I, I do want your thoughts currently on kicker watch 2023 right now with, with the Tennessee Titans. Let's talk about that real quick, well, because did, that is kind of a big thing on our show. It is. It is a massive. I mean, we are, we are a Trey Wolf production. Um, did you see an update today from camp? I, I, I personally did not see it. I mean, I saw yesterday's where, where they were identical. Pretty um, much. They were right. identical. Caleb Shudak missed two of them where mm-hmm. Trey Wolf only missed one interested this week to see how that works again. Um, now not in the windy city, windy city, but in a well, stadium. Don't say that. Have you seen the practice? How windy it is? It's a good well, thing yeah, you're but, in a the, dome. but they'll be yeah. in the dome. That's what I'm saying. So, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, I'm interested to see how that goes this weekend. Uh, fingers crossed that this is like, like, like we said on, um, Wednesday show, maybe just like knee it down at like the 25 every kick single time downs. and just like kick on care. third downs every single time. Cause that's probably <laughs> the most important thing, especially like if Will Levis doesn't play, there really isn't other, like any other storylines in this game that 
really matter to me right now besides like just kneel it down at, at different different marks and just kick i want to see five or six field goals in this game i want the <laughs> titans to score 18 points and they're all field goals yeah no i'm with you um so let's transition to our final not sports related but very fun portion of the show today so the backstory on this now third episode on the 440 podcast network that this has been a topic um, on Wednesday, our show Wednesday, which was fantastic. You should go check it out. I do my 53-man roster projection, proje- projection, projection, and uh, I have some interesting takes in there as to who will and won't make this team, but I think you'll find it fascinating. We also started that show anecdotally talking about a conversation that JT, you and I had on Monday night with nine of our friends or so, and we were discussing a couple of idioms, a couple of sayings that I have brought up on this show in conversation that y'all had never heard in your life. And those were worth your salt and making chicken salad out of chicken. You know what? And those were two things that you all made me feel crazy. Gaslit the fool out of me for, for thinking that these were common sayings. You all looked at me like I had four eyes. I did then check that the literature backs me up and we have, uh, we have, documented cases of these things being used in writing all the way back to like the 18 1700s okay so you're just un, un uncultured poorly read individuals well now now that i think about it of the nine friends who were gaslighting you i don't think any of them are from anywhere below tennessee yeah like they're so all makes... they're all midwest to northeast yes. people so besides, like, besides makes... cody coat but he's from miami that's basically the new york of florida let's be honest that's so fair. it's also florida so like different you different never worlds. know i'm not sure yeah. they read it all in florida to be honest um <laughs> so that brought us to today's guest appearance by me on a football show and brayden being the old crotchy old man that he is uh took it up i did not bring this up to him pre-show he said i'm gonna bring up something about jt in this show i need you to just play along i said oh, okay and uh we were talking about how uncultured you are and just how how he 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 alluded to you being about nine years old and i said well to be fair i'm only about 10 by those standards so uh, we're both very young i said i guess i'm just an old soul but he ran down a number i don't know if you tuned into this portion of the show is later on in the show he ran down a number of sayings just general non-region specific sayings to see he was trying to quiz me as a young guy to see if i recognized them and being the old soul that i was i did recognize all but one of them and and one of them i had heard but, but i didn't know what it meant um but that inspired me to then come on today's show and we're going to end today i have a lit right here a list of 12 regionally specific southern idioms or sayings that i have grown up my whole life hearing and know what they mean and I want to see if you have two questions. One, have you heard of them? And two, do you know what they mean? Okay, so we'll go one by one and see just how well-versed you are in regional dialect and regional sayings. What do you say? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Before before we do that, can we just answer this one? Uh, I don't yeah. know if this is one that's on your uh, that's on your list here, but Z Dean says yesterday Traylon made me nervous as a long tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. <laughs> no, and I've never heard that. But that's I have a great no idea one. what that means. Z Dean, I don't know if you made that one up or we're both dumb on this front. I feel like that's not that common. Maybe it is where you're from, but that is I'm I'm adding that to the Rolodex. I'm adding that down in my vocabulary for sure if anybody by the way any of you that are listening live have any idioms that are your favorites that you think we'll never heard of uh leave them in the comments we'll we'll try to address them by the end of the show all right jt number one uh the first idiom is if the creek don't rise 
And I can use it in a sentence if you'd like me to. Yes, please use it in a sentence. Uh, let's say you let's say you asked me if I was if I was gonna be over to hey, you coming over tonight, seven o'clock. I'll be like, I'd say I'll be there if the creek don't rise. I think I understand what it means, but I've I, I, I under, heard it. I've never heard it before. What do you in think it life. means? Like barring absurd like circumstances barring unforeseen circumstances yes yes yes, that is what that means good job uh half is that like a national is that like what what, is that like like based here or like this is these are all sayings that are based i actually i got these ideas these are all things that i'd heard but i got the idea for them um from an online article southern living magazine not sure if you're familiar with southern living but i think it's very much it's like a georgia alabama tennessee North Carolina, Arkansas, you know, just the SEC, basically. It's an SEC okay. magazine. Let's be yeah. honest. All right. Um, and so these are things that I think are, are very South. I'd say they're Southeast, American South, traditional South based. Okay. The next one doesn't amount to a hill of beans. What? Never? Okay. Let me no. use it in a sentence. No, no, please use it in a if, sentence. If you were to, if you were to, uh, if you were to say, hey, Easton, did, did you, did you um I don't know, did you did you post that that article on Twitter already? And I'd be like, oh, you know what? I haven't, but it, it, that doesn't amount to a hill of beans. I I I think I like I'm not sure on this one. Like <laughs> it, it means it's no big deal. It's not worth it's not worth much. It, a a oh, hill of beans is not is not just a hill of beans ain't worth nothing to nobody. So it, it don't amount it don't amount to a hill of beans. You never you never heard somebody refer to a hill of beans before. No, I've not. That's surprising to me. I've heard that quite a bit growing up. Uh, okay. The third one, till the cows come home. I'd be yes. shocked if you're not. Okay, so yes. you've heard this one. I feel like you have to know. All yes, right, so we're familiar I, with the, the. What does it mean? Uh, like, and William says that's definitely a real saying. So, like, okay, it is. Good, good, good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, these are all real. I, I know that they are. I did not make these up. Like, till the cows come home. Like, at the end of like a day or something. Like. Right, right, right. You can, you can talk like if I can talk till the cows come home, I can just talk all day long. All day. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So you've gotten one of them. Number four. This one I'm sure you've heard of. Pot calling the kettle black. Like, no, I you've never maybe, heard that. Maybe I, I don't like trying to if think I told back. You that, well, that's called that's the pot calling the kettle black. I like. You I don't know. It's, no, I don't like. Wow, I feel like that one's really like you're being common. a hypocrite or something. Yes, that's what it is. That's okay. what it is. It's, it's just being. It's a you know throwing throwing stones from your glass house kind of thing. Um, okay. Wow, that one is super. I feel like you've heard it and you just forgotten it because that maybe one. Maybe I, I just like, like don't pay attention. You know. Maybe you should maybe. just like listen more. Maybe. All right, number five. Um, fly off the handle. Yes. Like. Okay. Just like. Yeah. Lose your mind. Yes. You can go crazy. He's flying. He's I, flying off the handle. Okay. Yes. So we've gotten two of five so far. Number okay. six, if I told you that dog won't hunt, what do I mean? I First of all, I've never heard this one. Wow. So I've, I've not heard that one. Okay. But like, they they won't do that. They're not built for that, you know, kind of thing. That's no? a good guess, but not not really. really? I mean, maybe. It, it basically just means like if you came to me and you're like, I have invented – uh, a perpetual motion machine. And I'll be like that dog, that dog don't hunt. That idea is not going to work is essentially what it means. That's a bad idea. You, you okay. shouldn't, you shouldn't follow through with that. Um, so that's what it, that, that's what that means. Uh, number seven here. This one is, I feel like this one's more niche. You're not going to know okay. if I, if I referred to somebody 
and I do sometimes I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a, uh, a mean person sometimes, but I, if I referred to somebody to you as saying that, um, the sun comes up just to, they, they think the sun comes up just to hear them crow. You've heard that before. Um, I've not heard that before. You never heard that, that Zach Lyons guy. He thinks the sun comes up just to hear him crow. I'm sure you can intuit what it means. Yeah, I can intuit what that means. Right. The earth um, revolves around them. But you've never heard of that one. No, I've never heard that one. What are we like two for seven here or something? We're two for two for seven. Looking Wonderful. at number eight here. This one also, I feel like you won't know. You ever heard can't never could. That's just like a bunch of words, man. That's, that's like just a bunch can't, of words. You never heard can't never could. No. Oh man, it's 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 southern positivity basically. It's Is the equivalent it? of it's the equivalent it's a of double saying, ne- it's a double never, negative. It's the equivalent of saying you'll never know if you don't try, right? Yeah. Somebody okay. who says they can't never could because they never tried in the first place. Can't I understand. Could. Okay. Um okay, so we're 2 for 8 here. <laughs> have you ever it's heard have you ever heard somebody that's sweating like a hooker in church? Never, never heard that one. <laughs> never heard that one. I'm sure you can intuit. What I, that I can one means. intuit what that means, but like, wh- <laughs> what? <laughs> it's just when it's a hot day, I'm a man. It's I, hot I, out here. I, I'm sweating like a hooker in church. Never heard that. Wow. No, I've I've not. I've not heard that you, one. Nor- you Northerners, man. Okay. Yeah. All right. Two for nine. Number ten. If I had my druthers, you ever heard that one? Druthers. You ever heard that word before? Like D U R D R U T H E R S. Druthers. If I had no. my druthers, it means it no. just it it means druthers roughly uh, translates to my way. So it's just if I if I had my way, okay. if I had my druthers, JT wouldn't be an idiot and he'd know some of these idioms. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he's two for ten. Looking at number eleven, I've referred to you as this sometimes to your face, and you may have just not known what I meant. This guy's three sheets to the wind. I I you have, have referred it? you have you referred I mean. to me. Um. But no, but like in the context of when you've probably said it to me, I can what does infer. Mean? What does it mean? Uh, I, <laughs> what does it mean? Um, someone may may have may have hit the sauce a little too Somebody hard. Somebody plastered. Yeah, that's yeah. what that means. Somebody okay. that's three sheets to the wind is plastered. And I was fascinated when I was researching these. Like, what does that even? What does that have to do with three sheets to the wind? Like, what does that mean? Um, it's it's based in um, it's it's got nautical origins. Three sheets to the wind is your three sails into the wind. I think what it, it roughly is referring to is when somebody's drunk, they just kind of go where the wind takes them. Like they're a loose cannon and they're not in control anymore. They're just at the mercy of the the wind and the direction of the wind. Like, I think that's what that means. So uh, we're okay. two for 11. Let's see if we can get three of these. Can we get 25%? We'll try. Well, I technically knew that one. Like I knew. You've known some of them, but you said you've yeah. not heard them. But well, actually, you can count that one because I've heard said it to you. So you've yes, heard it. you said right, it to you, me, and I can infer. For, like, right, can you get thirty three percent here? Okay, we'll see. Um, and Z Dean said the porch lights on, but no one's home. Refers to JT in this segment. <laughs> have you heard that one? Uh, yes, I have heard that okay. one. Okay, all right, all right, good, all right. Um, Doc says heard at least nine of them. I need to teach you more. This absolutely. Um, last one here. It'll all come out in the wash. Uh, like, yeah, I've heard. I think I've heard that. one. OK, so you've heard that. One. What does that yeah, mean? Yeah, like it'll all be over soon or something. It'll like, all work itself out. It'll yeah, all work. itself yeah. out. Yeah. All right. So that has been idioms with an idiot with producer JT. <laughs> and I have had more fun in this segment than I think I've had in any segment on this show in a long time. JT, thank you for you know what? If you you should you should put together a list of 12 northern sayings for next episode. 
to quiz me on to see if I'm okay. just really well read and brilliant like I think that I am. Or if I deserve some just desserts and you can make fun of me for not knowing things that yeah. your inferior race of northerners uh, think that is, is a common saying. I, I will uh, I will say that um, just one more thing on that. I will say, sure. Brayden, thank you for listening. I will be uh, you can get in contact me with me for my special spot on next week's show to basically uh yell at me for not knowing any of these right so. right old man yells at cloud you know, on, <laughs> on my lawn get off my lawn yeah exactly um with that we're done this has been the hot read podcast thank you for everybody tuning in live with us we had a lot of fun today uh hopefully you'll have some fun watching the titans face the minnesota vikings this weekend i believe they play it's saturday night I, this is me doing my job poorly jt if you wouldn't mind pulling up that time for me so we can tell the people but um in the meantime thank you for listening if you've not subscribe to the show wherever you get your good podcasts make sure to go and do that um subscribe rate review we need to check the ratings and the reviews we've not really checked them all summer if you leave a five-star rating and a review we will read out your review on the show and shout we still you out. haven't gotten we haven't uh we haven't okay. gotten any in a well, long you know time. what it's time to wake up from our summer slumber our summer hibernation and the, the good listeners of this show if you would not mind i see the numbers i know there are hundreds of you that listen to the podcast Take five seconds. Leave leave us a five star review and a rating. We would love to shout you out on the show. Leave your Twitter handle. We'd love to follow you if you if you do that. And it really and helps. The us Titans out. do play against the Minnesota Vikings at seven p.m. So you can watch okay. the first half and then turn on the Messi versus Nashville SC game. That's perfect, that. honestly. Because let's be honest, unless you're a sicko, the first half of preseason is really all that matters. So there you yeah. go. It's going to be a great Saturday of of uh, sporting events. JT, you and I will be in Kentucky at the time doing un unforeclosed things, but we'll be, we'll be making sure to keep an eye on that. And we'll certainly be having a good time. Um, those of you that are listening live again, thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you go over to our social medias on YouTube. Give a subscribe, hit that subscribe button uh, on Broadway sports media's YouTube page. We would love to continue to build the subscriber base over there. You know, our socials at hot read pod on Twitter, on TikTok, on Instagram, make sure to follow us there for updates on the show as well as content from the show that you're not going to get anywhere else until Monday. We'll be back Monday, first thing, as always, talking, reacting to the Titans and the Vikings, potentially doing a live show on Sunday, but certainly that'll be in your uh, in your podcast box on Monday morning, reacting to the preseason game. Until then, for producer JT, I'm your host, Easton Freeze. This has been the Hot Read Podcast. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday.